good day to you. We are reading in the Gospel of John. We are ready to read chapter 11. Remember, we are just we're reading to understand the context of you know the events, to understand what's being said, to help us grow in following our Lord. This is more of a foundational thing than than an in-depth study on any single topic. Just want to make that clear. Alright, so this is the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and verse 1. Oh, wait, now, at the end of chapter 10, Jesus had left because he had, they were, the, the leaders of the Jews and some Pharisees, they were, they were going to stone him, so he had left. Um, and gone back to where John the Baptist had been baptizing previously, earlier. So, alright, so that's where we pick up in um, chapter 11, verse 1. Pardon me, <clears throat> a little dry, okay. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Mar sister Martha. Now this Bethany is the one that's near Jerusalem, right, out, right outside. There's another Bethany that's across the Jordan and further away. All right, so I don't want don't want to confuse you. So this was fairly close to Jerusalem. Um, I think just a couple of miles. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So these were these were close friends of his, and uh, you know they're telling them, telling him that his you know their that brother their brother Lazarus his friend is ill, and uh, he says but this illness does not lead to death. He's he knows what's going to happen. He knows what he's going to do. I guess that's the point I'm making. Jesus already knows what what's going to happen and what he's going to do. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Well, he stayed longer because they had a belief that once someone had been dead like three or four days, and I forget what the exact number is, it might be four days, there was no hope. Whereas if you were dead for a day or two, you might still be brought back. But once you reached a certain point, you were dead too long, and they felt like there was no hope. You were really, totally, completely dead. And Jesus was going to go back after that time had lapsed. That was, that was the idea here. That's why he waited. Um, now, I get some of this from reading, just so you know, the Amplified Bible, and... If you ever want to read something that gives you some more insight, but maybe doesn't overwhelm you with with things, uh, the Amplified Bible is a good choice. Just saying. Just saying. Alright. So let us go to Judea again. Verse 8. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again. Now, of course, they're concerned for him. They're like, these people were just going to kill you, and you're going to go back there. 
Verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep, natural sleep. You know, just like, um, anyway, they just, they just thought he was talking about him being naturally asleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. I mean, you gotta, you got to admire the guy's dedication at least. He's like, well, if we're going to die, let's all go die together, you know. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but it's kind of it's kind of funny just that it's it's a good um, if you think about it, it's really a good attitude. I mean, if we're going, I'm I'm going to follow the Lord even if it leads me to death, and I'm going to go. And if he's going to die, I will die with him. You know, so he's got some faith there, and maybe he's missing some faith there, thinking that you know they're all going to die. But nonetheless, um, I I always think that's a a good little thing. Let us let us also go that we may die with him. We'll just all go die together. Um, it's it's you know it's pretty human, um, but I mean it does have its good points. He is willing to follow Jesus even if he thinks we're all going to die. So that's a that's a good admirable thing. All right. So verse seventeen. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Oh, so four days was the cutoff. Okay. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now, Martha has quite a statement of faith there. That's, that's pretty good. She's saying, you know, my brother would not have died, but even now. Because their, real, their belief, as I understood it, was that after a few days, there was no hope. And here... She's like, no, but I believe that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, he's speaking spiritually, but in this instance, <laughs> he's also going to do the miraculous and, and make it happen physically. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming into the world. So Martha, Martha fully believes that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah. <clears throat> so... 
that's, that's quite a bit of faith going on here in this chapter. Verse 28. When she had said this, she went and called her sister, Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not... Pardon me. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. So they saw they saw Mary jump up and take off and they followed her. You know, out of concern. Or I assume out of concern. Verse 32, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Now, I want I just want to mention this. I know this is in the Amplified Bible. They say that the Greek term here means that he was moved and troubled but he was it's like he was angry at death the reference is like he was angry at death not angry with them not with them at all matter of fact here in a minute it's going to say that that he wept he felt sorrowful for them but he was angry at death who naturally he would consider sort of an enemy or an opponent, however you want to look at that. But he was not angry with them, okay? The the term was being used in how he felt towards death. Let's see, verse 34. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Now he he wept it's a you know, he was he was moved with that emotion as well. He wept. He and this was his friend, and these are his friends, and they're weeping, and, and I'm sure he feels their sorrow. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them, let me turn my page here, some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? See, Jesus was was pretty famous for his miracles. These, Wherever he went, these people had heard of him. Verse 38 then Jesus deeply, and they had heard of him in the miracles he did. Verse 38. Then Jesus deeply moved again and came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And that, that's just a practical, realistic thing, so we get that. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Okay. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. So this is just a simple, I mean, I think of it as like just a simple prayer, just a simple communication with God. And he's just saying this so that the people around will know he is talking to God. 
When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. I think their habit back then, probably partly because they came out of Egypt and they carried certain things with them from there, was that they... I won't say they mummified them, but they kind of did something a little bit similar. They wrapped them up, and they had anointing oils and stuff. And, you know, that's how they took care of their dead. Not exactly the same, but similar. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> verse 45. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So, here we go. We're stirring up trouble again. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Well, in a way, this was going to happen anyway. They just didn't know it yet. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own account, of his own accord, sorry. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. So, now he was speaking in a political, humanistic sense when he says it's better that one man should die than the whole nation perish. Um... I don't know. I don't know that I understand. And this is again, this is political, and and maybe I would have to know more about the times. I don't know why they would think. Well, maybe, maybe they think if everybody believed in Jesus and they kind of made him king, that's probably what he was thinking. If everybody believed in Jesus and made him king, then the Romans, you know, that's going to be like a rebellion against the Romans and Caesar, and they're going to come in and wipe them out. Well, that happened anyway due to a rebellion, why, in AD 70 or something, like 30, 40 years down the road, that happened anyway. But at this time, I guess these folks are looking at it from a humanistic, political sense. They want to preserve the nation. Um, it's it's kind of hard for me to fathom, though. They want to preserve the nation they're willing to kill him even though it's obvious that he's from God to preserve preserve their place and, and the country. So. But it just, it just still sounds bad. Even though I understand their point, I understand what they're trying to do, but it you know, just because you have a good reason to do something bad <laughs> doesn't make it okay to do it. Um, so, but they're, you know, saying it's okay. They 
they would rather sacrifice one person than to get into that kind of political trouble if the, if they allow Jesus to continue and the people to believe in him. So, so from that day on, they made plans to put him to death because they were threatened by him. Not always threatened in the way I think of it, because I, I forget this sometimes, and then I come back to this. They were threatened by him, but they were also threatened by the Romans, so they felt like they were in a bad place. But, too, you can see from a lot of the scriptures that they weren't... This was not totally um, selfless in the way they were doing this. This makes it sound like they had at least some decent reason and then maybe some of them did take this as a as a good decent reason but like I said I don't believe just because you have a good reason for doing something you're trying to accomplish something good that it makes it okay to do something wrong or bad anyway so verse 54 Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So definitely their plan their plan was um, in place. They were, they were ready to uh, arrest Jesus and, and turn him over and kill him at that point. I don't know if they had all the details worked out, but at least in general, they had the idea and the plan. And we understand a little more of why they did it. They were afraid of, uh, you know, instead of looking to God and trusting in God, they were fearing the Romans and fearing what would happen to them and their nation if they allowed Jesus to continue. So that's definitely the wrong reasons. If you've ever been in a situation like that, though, because I have, where you react out of fear, and then you have to stop yourself, and you have to catch yourself, and I was not, I myself, uh, was not totally successful. I will just say that, you know, we have to trust in God, and I know that sometimes we're going to mess up, and I, I reacted in fear, and um, it took a lot for me to get a hold of that, and to get out of that um, particular situation, very personal thing, but um, it's easy to let these fears get us and run over us sometimes, and that's that's what these folks were doing here. They had these political, I'm sure some of it was selfish, but some of it too, sounds like some of them at least had real political and real fears for their country, their nation, and um, but they let those fears drive them to do something wrong, something bad. And uh, that's what um, that's what I had to stop myself from doing as well. Um, that fear still still messed me up, but I didn't really do anything really bad. Like uh, it was just a bad personal situation, so I, I won't get into details. But uh, 
anyway you get the idea if these fears if you're afraid of something and and it really overrides your I'll just say your sense and it over you know we gotta remember to pray to God and to keep God in focus and then keep going to God and trusting him and and laying our cares on him so all right so that is Gospel of John chapter 11 hope you have a wonderful day I want to thank you for listening and remember God loves you <laughs>